Filipino Fridays podcast. I'm your host OJ along with my co-host. It's Archie. Hey! Y'all already know it's Archie. Yeah? <laughs> we got an exciting episode for you guys today. We got the one and only first and only global podcast of Filipino hip-hop, R&B, and rap. We got, Pioneer. Yep, we OG. got drumroll please. DJ Marlino. Yo! <laughs> But before we get to our special guest, um, let's talk a little bit about the Filipinos' relationship with hip-hop. So, come on, OJ, come through. I know you're a big hip-hop fan. I'm a hip-hop fan, you know. So, we love hip-hop. Filipinos love hip-hop. We love R&B. We all know the karaoke game is on point. We all know that one Filipino neighbor that keep playing till that keeps playing Celine Dion till the next morning. And you have to call the cops. Okay. <laughs> Some journey in there. The heart is going on. You know, it's in our culture. I think it's well blended in our culture now, and it's he- it has heavily influenced OPM. Yep. In the Philippines. And I think most Filipinos love hip-hop and R&B. Yeah, you know, a lot of Filipinos, especially in the Bay Area, y'all, <laughs> especially in California, um, they really resonate with the urban culture. And in many parts of the brutes here in Vancouver, lots of Filipinos really relate to urban culture that would include you know streetwear basketball hip-hop um r&b why is that why do we connect so closely with that type of vibe i feel like when it comes to slow jams and getting into your feelings mm-hmm. i feel like r&b just serves that you know just because filipinos really get up in there with what they're feeling <laughs> i'll dive deeper than that yeah um so as a filipino canadian and i'm sure other uh, second gen filipinos can relate you grew up with other minorities in your life and they all have their own cultural identity, right? Mm-hmm. They, for example, Koreans got the K-pop, the, the blacks got their music, the whites got their, their country music or whatever, the pop music. But Filipinos, I, I never grew up with listening to OPM. Mm-hmm. I never grew up listening to Filipino music. I mostly grew up listening to jazz because of my dad. And then that evolved to hip-hop, R&B, because that's what looked cool. And that's what all the other Filipinos were doing, all playing basketball. Basketball is related to hip-hop and yeah. R&B in so many different levels. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, you, you pioneers out there in the Bay Area, you Filipinos, man, you brought it up. You, you made it more popular. The OGs. The OGs. Um, you made it look cool and... Even to this day, so many younger Filipinos uh, imitate that. Exactly. They emulate it. Yeah, exactly. It's a part of us. And I think that's why a lot of us Filipinos resonate and um, relate to the black community so deeply. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they really were the origin of this type of music with jazz and blues and Motown back in the day. Really just 
setting the tone for these types of music flavors. And then that also influenced us. And then, you know, to this day, so many of us Filipinos really resonate with that. And that's why we love hip hop. We love rap. We love R&B. It's become a part of our culture. Yeah. Yeah. What are your favorite? uh, It was like two or three artists. Filipino artists or no, just, no, just like R&B, hip hop, like that's like every Filipino would play in the freaking karaoke room. <laughs> Alicia Keys, Boys to Men, yeah. Oh yeah, Boys to Men. Um, what else is there? Whitney Houston. Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. You gotta play that Neo, the old school Neo, the old school Usher. Yeah. That whole album. Yeah, I I don't know any Filipino that doesn't like jam or vibe with that. Like n- nobody not, you know. Like bumps the that Neo, bumps that Usher, you know? Yeah, they all do it. And, I, <laughs> and that's your time, too. That's, yeah. like, that's heavily your... your the cult, early years 2000s, yeah, yeah, early 2000s R&B, like... That was when I feel like music was popping, like with some jagged edge in there. You ever watch those uh, memes, those uh, like what R&B singers do in at concerts? So they drown themselves in like baby oil and water, <laughs> and then they have like the trace mic- yeah, <laughs> and then they sing. Let it burn. They sing. They sing to the audience, so they're straight into the camera. Let it burn. Put a freaking water bottle up here. Yeah, and then Usher and Trey Songz, they would bring up these women and then grind up on them like, damn. Yeah, man, we love. Genuine. Like, yeah, that was on. That was on my wedding. Played some pony. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like um, that type of music really, you know, it hits us in the heart. We love that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, and it has become um, a part of our culture. It's not imitation at all. If anything, it's admiration, right? Mm-hmm. So we definitely got to thank the black community out there um, for giving us these beautiful music that we now uh, love and enjoy. So um, yeah, do you have any favorite songs? Uh, favorite hip hop songs, R&B songs? Like right now? In general, overall. I'm going to go back now. Let's see. I got, uh, I can't think of any particular song. Some like old young Jeezy, Akon, yeah. like, Soul Survivor, that song. You know that song? You remember, you know yeah. That? <laughs> my yeah. ex-boyfriend used to sing Smack That in front of my dad, and I'm like, no, <laughs> don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> we go with the, we'll talk about that after. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know this. Okay. Mm, I, oh, I remember, I think you would remember too. My first, like, I yeah, my first favorite song was probably Dilemma by Nelly and yeah. Kelly. Hey, all I think about is you. Yeah. yeah. And her uh, texting on uh, Excel. Yeah. <laughs> and the music video. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, was back such, then. That was like the collab. Man, you know, I'm getting so many flashbacks now. This brings back, you remember um, like Pigzo or Asian Town? Yeah. <laughs> I had Asian Avenue. Asian Avenue. Exactly. <laughs> And then you, when you go on their site, it's some like, <laughs> some old school like you know old yeah. love song yeah. like, like some Chris Brown like I I was trying to act cool. I put like Chris Brown run it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I'm trying to... I think of you. Hey, hey. Okay, okay. Well, before we go off in song here, 
we just want to thank everybody for continuing to tune in. We need your help. We need your support. You know, share, right? Follow us on Spotify. You know, get the news out there. Show some love. Thank you for everybody. Uh, we're continuing games and steam, but we would love your support to continue to share with your friends, with whoever. And um, yeah, if you love the episodes, if you love our content, um, yeah, spread some love out there online. Yeah, uh, we want to let you know that we are committed to this podcast and we want to take it to the next level. So with your guys' support and love, share it to your friends, share it to everyone. And I feel like our message can relate to so many other Philippine ex or Filipinos in general. And we'd love to keep the ball rolling, keep going up higher. Yes, definitely. Thank you. And with that, without further ado, let's welcome our next guest, the OG, the pioneer, the program director for Mix Global, <laughs> and the first and only global podcast for Filipino hip hop, rap, and R and B. DJ Marlino. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Truly for us, it is such an honor to be able to have you as a guest because Heavy Rotation is the first and only global podcast for Filipino hip-hop and R&B. We're huge fans yep. of that genre. So to have you here you know, as our guest of honor, thank you so much for being on our show. So truly honored to have thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm definitely excited to be here. So I'm glad to hang out with you guys today. Yay, awesome. wonderful. So, um, yeah, I guess let's get right into it. Um, if you don't mind, just please, you know, you probably shared the story, story many times, but, you know, I, I'll never get sick of learning about it. But uh, if you don't mind just sharing about how Heavy Rotation came to be, why it was important to have a platform like it to start, but please take the floor. Yeah, so um, I've been a radio club DJ, mobile DJ, everything type of DJ for over 30 years. Um, I was in radio for a little over 11. Um, And so back in 2006, I had an opportunity to go back to one of the stations that I had the longest uh, tenure in my radio career, which was Z90 in San Diego. And so rather than going back and taking that opportunity, I thought, what can I do that embodies all the skills and things that I've learned working in radio and where can I apply it that it would feel even more meaningful, that it would take me to a different place or a step forward in in my career. And so that around that time is when podcasting started to kind of surface, right? A lot of people started to do podcasts. And so I started to think like, what would it sound like if there was a radio station, a hip hop radio station, like a KMEL, uh, Power 106, uh, Z90, except all the artists were Filipino. Like, what would that sound like? And so I ended up putting together like a test show to try it out and see like if I would even get excited with the music that I was playing on the show. Because for me, as a kid, when I would hear songs on the radio, I would get so pumped up, like, I want to get that song, you know? And so I felt that if we created a show or if I created the show that had that same feel, people would get more excited about the music that they're hearing. Mm-hmm. And so from there, that's kind of how the concept of heavy rotation was born. And it was, it's a little play on the words because the one thing that was missing was you'd never heard Filipino artists in rotation on a station. And so, yeah. you know, the big thing was a lot of the artists wanted to get their songs on radio. So I was like, what if we called it heavy rotation, even though that's such a, you know, like a common name, 
but it is a play on words because it's like if an artist says, hey, I'm so-and-so on heavy rotation, the um, metaphor there is you're hearing a Filipino artist on a big rotation for a station. So that's kind of how it started. Um, so the podcast initially ran from 2007 to 2009. I had to stop it due to some personal things that was going on in my life at the time. Within this big gap of 2009 to 2000 and what year are we now? 2019, I had no intention of bringing heavy rotation back. I was kind of done. I was kind of retired from it. Um, even DJing, I kind of took a big step back and just was just hanging out. But I ended up reconnecting with Rosalind, who we'll talk, most likely talk about a little bit later, um, over a small business expo that we were both attending. And she was sharing her passion about um, you know, finding her purpose and then what she believed in and why she valued the Filipino community. And so that actually invigorated, you know, the what if I bring it back? So then I started researching and looking like, what would it take for me to resurrect heavy rotation? Because I deleted everything. I had nothing left. All my music, all my files, everything was gone. At least that's what I thought. You know, I just kind of stored them away. And so because of technology, then I started researching who are the Filipino artists that are here? Because remember, I haven't seen or heard anybody in like, you know, over a decade. Yeah. And so as I started hearing the music, especially from like the Philippines, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, you know, aside from the U.S., I was like, holy cow, there's so many more artists that are out now compared to when we first did it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that actually was the trigger to say, okay, we're going to do this. And so by taking that step, I was able to resurrect the whole podcast within a month and a half. Wow. So and now um, the big comparison is back in 2007 to 2009, we played about 19 artists over the two years. Today, I'm over 300 Filipino artists around the world that we play on the show. That's amazing. So it's, it's and you know what? It's, it's more than just about time. There's so much great Filipino talent out there. We just don't get, you know, on the airwaves. We we don't get the opportunity to play mainstream. And then you pretty much, you know, knock the door down and said, like, you know what? I'm going to make the platform happen. I'm going to... I'm going to build my own table. We're going to play our people and show our talent. So that's, that's why I have such reverence for the work that you do because Thank you. You know, really it's, it's really pushing that culture forward and pushing our talent forward and having so many Filipinos all over, you know, the U S and even all over the world, right? Like the, the world needs to see, they need to hear this talent. So yeah, incredible yeah. journey. Yeah. I Thank agree. you so much. Um, you know, and you know, just to, segue into that why is it important to create this platform of highlighting filipino artists who you know do great music yeah i think that you kind of mentioned it there it was the the lack of visibility right and so you know when i working in radio we would always ask that question how come filipino artists aren't on the radio right and so what the music industry always told me and even some of my other colleagues was we don't know how to market to them we don't know how to market their music like we don't know if they're classified as R&B or if they're classified as hip hop, we, they don't know, they don't know how to, you know, communicate this artist to a, a mainstream audience, you know? And so every time I would hear that, it would, it would frustrate me, you know, I, I mean, cause I, you know, like you guys, I'm like, there's so many amazing artists and talent, like there's no reason why they shouldn't have an opportunity to get on there. And then at the same time, there wasn't enough platforms for it. There wasn't a station that catered to Filipino artists. I mean, we were very limited. You had back in back in the day, it was really TFC, 
You had Filipinas Magazine, which was in the Bay Area. I know there was a couple other magazines, but aside from that, there was really nothing. And, you know, so I just felt like if we had this platform, this would be big because there's nothing else like this right now. And then partly, too, because like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer of, you know, the talent that, you know, Filipinos have, especially in music. And I want them to get heard, you know, so that was kind of like the the influence there. It was I had a passion for it. I knew how to do it, or at least I knew how to try to do it. And then it was just the willingness to take that risk in order to try something new. Um, so that's why I kind of felt it was important. Yeah, that's incredible. When I when I saw your website and it says a uh, heavy rotation show and it says about us plain and simple, we love music and it's about community. And at the very heart of it, and I know like this is really personal to you in a sense where it really comes from your heart in terms of serving your community, right? Like where is the where is my representation in this? Where is the representation for my culture? Where is my community in this? We're such a vast community especially for, you know, for Filipinos who definitely love and enjoy hip hop. We love R&B. It's our vibe. Where, where is that for us? So it's definitely super incredible that, you know, you take something that uh, you're passionate about and you really um, took on it with your talents and put that together and shared it with the world. So it's, it's amazing. Now you obviously encountered different Filipino artists and, um, you know, uh, musical acts from all over the globe. Now it's incredible over 300 artists and more on your roster, um, that's being featured on heavy rotation. You know, can you maybe distinguish the difference or is there even a difference in the way Filipino artists in the Philippines do music versus Filipino artists outside of the Philippines. There may or may not be a difference, but yeah, would you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah, I think at this point, I don't think there really is a huge difference now. I mean, if anything, it's 7,000 miles, you know, you're just separated by a couple bodies of water and, you know, some land. But I think sonically, there is like a certain sonic sound, you know, in the Philippines, they do still use the term OPM, which is original Filipino music, right? That's Mm -hmm. kind of like heritage wise, you know, like the Gary V's, the Ogies, you know, like they have like that particular sound, which is very, it's usually very contemporary, very slow song, like who got slow songs, ballads. Um, But then you have like a new breed, like Anigo Pasqual, you know, um, Anigo, I'm sorry, uh, Kiana V, JR. I mean, you know, that they they are still somewhat classified as OPM, Mm -hmm. but it's evolved. It's evolved so much, right? But the the interesting for me is when I hear the artists in the Philippines, like I'm so I get so surprised because of how good they've gotten. And I think it's because of access to technology, access to, you know, software, things like that. It's allowed a lot of these closet producers to just come out and start doing stuff. And so I, I think in that in that respect, you know, they've always been good. I think it's just a matter of getting a hold of the tools in order to increase their talent, you know. And so that's kind of what I've seen. You know, it's the same thing here, right? In the States, it's like everyone has a particular style and and particular influence. You know, if you go to the Bay Area, the Bay Area is definitely has this Bay Area sound that's unlike no other, you know, Um, and you can tell like a Bay Area sound because they're really heavy on baseline 808 beats and and things like that. It's really I don't want to call it like hood, but it's it's. It definitely has like that Bay Area feel. It has a flavor, it, yeah, you know? for sure. And then you get out of LA. LA is a little bit different too, because LA is kind of on that same realm, but they have a little bit more swag in in their 
you know, their, their music too, because it's LA, you know? So that's mm-hmm. kind of how they, how they roll. And then you have, you know, the whole hip hop influence, you know, hip hop music is black music. Right. And so we're very influenced with that because of, you know, even like, I don't want to say our struggles, but even our stories as Filipinos, you know, how, how we've immigrated here, how we've lived in America, uh, even, even elsewhere in the diaspora, you know, it's like, we have like these stories that we can all connect and align with. And so I think that all culminates together. And so sonically, if you listen to an artist in the Philippines, you right now can't even tell if they're from the Philippines anymore, you know, and, and that's yeah. even all over. To just to jump on that, um, like recently, like I think maybe the last couple of years, I've really, in terms of the hip hop scene and the R&B scene, let's say in the Philippines, it's really surged. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just so pleased because before it was difficult to find, you know, the same kind of sound and vibe that I would enjoy, let's say, uh, whatever is on the radio or on a playlist here. And then now, like, I can really identify that in the music, uh, in the artists that are producing out of there. One of my favorites that um, that I've really enjoyed is this artist called Just Hush. I think he also did a um, collaboration with James Reed and, and their team. But yeah, like that whole sound and it's just incredible. The talent, you know, it doesn't have to be in the motherland. We're, we're you know, us as a culture is so talented. And then now uh, basically with the new technology and with collaborations, people are just they're just really setting up the table for themselves. We're going to pub- we're going to self-publish. We're going to self-produce. We're going to put it out there and you're going to love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's like the, I mean, I don't want to say that's a trend. I mean, but that's, again, that's the way technology, the internet accessibility to software, that's kind of what's turned that up. You know, like you mentioned uh, just hush, you know, there's also Jason Dockle, there's Fern, there's uh, Neri, Arthur Neri, I mean, um, you know, so, and then, you know, then you have like the Jessica, Jess Connelly's and Kiana V's, you know, they have this eclectic soulful type sound and that's kind of like this alternative to, you know, mainstream, if you will. Right. Cause it's very, it's an acquired taste almost. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the cool thing about it is that it, it's, it's working, it's moving, you know, and that's, that's a representation of how OPM music has evolved. You know, they've kind of done their own thing. I think like what I was mentioning earlier, like even all around the world, like Australia, I'm a really big fan of a lot of the film arts mm-hmm. in Australia right now. And so you listen to their music. I mean, aside from like their accents, you know, they put out some really, really dope music right now. Um, Australia. I artists because of heavy rotation from Australia. <laughs> oh, nice. There you go. Yeah. yeah. See, so it's again, it's like London, you know, we have so many folks in the UK, um, Canada. I mean, I'm so amazed with all the artists in Canada as well. And, you know, it's for, so for me as a, a music lover, DJ, you know, curator, like I get extremely excited when I hear not only Filipino artists, but Filipino artists that do great, amazing music. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So as much as let's say the internet has kind of unified us in a way where there is a platform for all Filipino artists, would you say, or do you know if there's still a divide between like Filipino artists from the Philippines versus Filipino music artists from the diaspora? Um, Maybe elaborate on that a little bit more. Like, what do you mean by divide? Like, for example, um, I think like we, we met, we briefly mentioned that um, you had had some artists from the Philippines and from, uh, I don't know which other uh, country it was, do like a battle. And then in the end, 
you know, you basically encourage them to just collaborate together rather than do their own thing separately, because really the, the larger goal and vision here is to win together, right. As a a community. So I guess that's what I was trying to lead into. If, um, Yeah, in terms of providing that type of advice for music artists. Yeah, so I think the divide that you're talking about is when artists try to do everything themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think right now, because we have such a vast community and a lot of our community is really talented and really good, like my encouragement really is don't try to become a solo artist by yourself, you have a network and a community of other amazing Filipino artists that you guys can share networks, you guys can collab, you guys can move together because that not only just, um, you know, meshes two different communities together, but it also creates even better music, you know? So when you're, when you're collaborating, so for a good example is, I'm just trying to think, there was just one that I just know recently. Um, Okay. So there's an artist in New York that I know of, he collaborated with another artist in Winnipeg. Oh, and cool. so when I see stuff like that, I get really excited because it's now you're 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 blending two different, you know, one countries, two different audiences, two different sounds. But now you're creating something new. Mm-hmm. And then the the um, outcome of it was it was a dope track for me. That's what I get excited to see because now it just pushes the music even further. I think, you know, once we get to that level where people start to realize like we can all work together, we don't have to be divided and be individuals and try to just do our own thing. If I reach out to another artist and say, hey, let's collab, let's do something and we can get something done and move it forward. That just adds more amazing music to this community. And so that's kind of my encouragement is don't try to do everything yourself. You have an amazing community in front of you. And the community is also willing too. they're not just like, oh, don't I don't want to I don't want to bring you on. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously things have to fit, you know, but I mean, it is a community that is willing to work and work together and, you know, support each other and, and get this thing moving forward. So, yeah, for sure. Well, you obviously are able to get kind of the exclusives and the hot tracks that's coming up. Do you see any uh, trends in terms of sound that's um, so far with in terms of the innovation in sound or vibe yeah. that's that's happening? right now um the lot a lot what i've been hearing lately is is a little bit of afrobeat influences and so cool. i've been hearing a lot of dancehall reggae afrobeat like those types of sounds i'm also hearing a lot of old school r&b sounds coming back so yeah. i want to call it like like the sounds i would listen to back in the 90s i'm hearing a lot of people do ballads almost in that same essence mm-hmm. um even the way the music is structured and things like that the arrangement is almost very similar um even modifying a lot of a lot of artists are taking r&b music and they're flipping it to have a more modern sound so if you ever listen to 90s r&b just imagine that with like deeper synths and like deeper 808 beats and things like that. So that's kind of what I've been seeing. And I, the one thing that I think is coming back to a lot of artists are starting to do music within like the 95 to 100 BPM, which is more danceable. Mm -hmm. A lot of the music right now is a lot slower, which is, you know, 73 BPM, 65 BPM. So it's like a slow song, right. Or like a, a dirty South type uh, tempo, but I'm hearing a lot more artists starting to pick it up again and make it more danceable, more party feel, you know, just to something to just kind of vibe a little bit harder with. So yeah, that's, that's, that's kind awesome. of what I'm hearing. Um, so yeah, why don't we switch gears a little bit? I think you mentioned kind of connecting with Roslyn in, um, in 
doing heavy rotation again. Uh, yeah, talk, talk a little bit about, you know, once you guys kind of uh, connected powers or <laughs> collaborated. collaborated and got together and and, um, and worked together into kind yeah. of figuring out what the next steps are for heavy rotation. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so Roz ended up becoming uh, the head of global talent and music at ABS-CBN. And so she had invited me to this Filipino pre-Grammy luncheon in LA where she invited Filipino artists as well as Filipino professionals in the music industry at this one luncheon where we all got to network, collab, and just kind of, you know, just talk to each other. And so from that, that's kind of was the starting point, I think for me was because when I saw that I had that time, I had a chance to meet Anigo Pasquale. I met Kiana V right before she launched her See Me album. Mm-hmm. Also met uh, Jonathan Manalo, who was like this big producer. He's like the Quincy Jones of the Philippines. Yeah. Right. So I got to meet him. And then I got reconnected with some of the other producers that I knew, like Marcus Davis. I knew back in 2007. And, you know, just seeing him actually in person, that was like a surprise because I didn't know he was going to be there. And then Pilo was there. And so, you know, and then, of course, all the DJs that I knew that were in radio when I was in radio that, you know, they were all there, too. So, mm-hmm. That was really the jumping point because once I took a listen to Kiana V's music, mm-hmm. that that actually made me pull the trigger to actually just start doing everything, right? Wow. Because I was so amazed with how her album turned out and how the music sounded. Um, and then so how Roz and I connected was I was actually consulting for um, ABS-CBN uh, for a little bit before actually going on Um, you know, full time. And so the reason how we got connected was there was an opportunity to launch a Filipino radio station, which is what we call mixed radio. Mm -hmm. And so the idea was to play like music that you would typically hear, like on a R&B hip hop station, but then influence it with Filipino artists, like blend Mm -hmm. them in there so that you would hear Pilo next to a Chris Brown record or a, let's say Rocky Sandoval out of Tacoma, Washington next to like a, um, uh, what's her name? Ariana Grande or something like that. Right. So it was to kind of allow people to, you know, subliminally hear Filipino artists within the music they already know. Yeah. So that's kind of how that started. And so, you know, I came on as a consultant and then the opportunity happened where they, were able to bring me on full-time. And then so coming on full-time, then we launched the radio station. And like when we first started, I remember we had 55,000 listeners. And to this day, I think we are at 3.1 million listeners right now on the station. Amazing. Congratulations. I know that was all hard work. That's incredible. Wow. So, I mean, the connection really happened because one, I believed in, you know, her vision and what she wanted to do and how she wanted to bring and transform mix to, a, you know, a platform to bring Filipinos to the world stage. And, you know, with heavy rotation, my vision is very similar, you know, like I wanted an, a platform where it could be the soundtrack for the Filipino community, where they can hear Filipino artists and they can relate. Like I know these artists because I'm hearing them on the radio. Right. And so I think just by joining the two forces that allowed us to then really shape what mixes today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really all about our stories, our music and everything that's uniquely Filipino. 
that's that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Wow. And with that said, you know, obviously it's it's uh, it's become so successful with such huge um, listenership. You know, what do you hope to see um, in the future for Filipino music artists? Oh, man. I mean, like the big thing is always like I'd love to see more Filipino artists win Grammys. I mean, you know, her was, you know, one of the first and Bruno Mars was another, you know, to win Grammys, but a full Filipino artists up stage winning a Grammy for like best R&B song or something like that or best yeah. R&B album yeah, yeah, or best hip hop album. Who knows? But I think that's always been the biggest, the biggest vision. But I think beyond that, it really is that Filipinos are recognized for their talent, their skill and appreciation for the music that they create. I think that's the, the bigger, bigger ultimate vision. Um, is just the awareness and the recognition that, you know, that we are a viable community that can can do music and do it well. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, definitely hoping to see, you know, more of these Filipino uh, Grammy winners. Um, that way it could also inspire the younger generation that, hey, I see someone who looks like me who kind of went through that struggle and maybe who was in the diaspora or a multi-generational, uh, like first, second, third generation person here. And that that could be me one day. So just like how before it was difficult for us to find these like role models and music. And then now we there's so many of them that are really uh, paving the way for the future. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah I completely agree with you. It'd be really amazing to kind of hopefully see that in our future one day. Yeah. And I and I'll be honest. I mean, like this journey has it's always been there. To be honest with you, I mean, like I can even connect back to like wow, I'm gonna date myself here. Like 1995, I think. Right. Um, you know, during that time, 95 to 97, even like trickling into maybe like the early 2000, but in the Bay Area, which is where I'm originally from, you know, we had some role models there. We had Jocelyn, we had Panay, we had Drop in Harmony, uh, Kai was mm-hmm. another one. There was also Buffy. There was, um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank now. Sharon McCarran, I think was another one who was doing some cool music, but these were artists that were, oh, I'm sorry. Why, how could I forget this? Interlude. Man, I know I'm forgetting another Filipino artist. Anyways, but they these were artists that were on mainstream radio. They were on the number four market radio station in the country, which was Wild 94.9. Mm-hmm. This is where a lot of them, oh, there you go. See, I forgot one voice. How can I forget one voice? Yeah, yeah, um, But yeah, these were artists that were on mainstream radio. Um, not only that, but it took them to a different level. You know, they went nationwide, their music blew up and things like that. So we had those, right? But even so kind of where I was going with this, like when I was in college, like that, those are some of the things that I saw is we didn't have these role models. And this is like how many years ago? So yeah. in essence, we're still fighting the same journey that, you know, we've all been fighting you know, since day one and we're not there yet, but we've made some, a huge amount of progress. And so I I think like it's only due time that it's going to really fold and happen that we're going to get our shine. And it's already happening. You know, you have her already getting a Grammy. You have Bruno Mars, who's like Michael Jackson. Um, Weedy, come on. <laughs> Weedy, come, you know, I mean, and then, you know, you have the other ones. Pilo, Pilo's like the mayor, you know, and then <laughs> Wap Dad 4000. I mean, yeah. like I heard some, uh, I heard like he's probably going to, he's going to come out with some dope stuff soon. So yeah. You know, so it's happening. It's happening. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Did you have any other questions, or I was just gonna ask, like, what what has been like the most surprising 
uh, I guess like element or thing working in the industry as well as like with the Filipino community too, like in a general sense. Um, let's see. Surprising. I think for me, the surprising thing has really been the music. Um, you know, just the level of talent that has risen to the occasion, you know, like just here and even like no name artists. Like I love discovering artists that no one really knows, but have amazing music. Um, because I think for me, it's like, it's like that kid in a candy store. When you find that secret that secret candy that no one has and you just can vibe off it. That's what you get really excited for. And so I'm kind of like that too. I, I, I kind of search and look for these unknown artists to get them out there and, and show people who they are. So, so do you me, <laughs> Yeah. You know, you uh, giggle, you know, so you get all that. Right. Um, oh, this vibe is so dope. They're doing some great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. I, it's, I am always finding them. So I mean, a perfect example was um, on Kumu. We did a challenge with mix there called the remix, the remix challenge. Yeah, it was Remix Challenge, right? So basically it was, oh, sorry, the Remix Cover Challenge is what we were calling it. And so basically we had all these artists do cover songs and then, you know, we do it like an American Idol. Like people would vote and they'd advance and go to the final. So the guy who won, who's Mark Atienza, mm-hmm. um, I forget where he's from in the Philippines, but he's an amazing artist. Like he, when he won, he put on this show. It was like his own little mini concert. And then oh, wow. we just interviewed him last, last night not only did he do some covers, but he did his own originals. And I never knew he had like originals. And when we heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to add this to the station, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's that good. So again, it's like, for me, like when I see artists, like I don't even know where they come from. And then all of a sudden, boom, like their music just tells this amazing story. And it's just so good that that really surprises me and gets me excited. And that's when I start to really like, you know, that's when the um, endorphins start to really, you know, explode and build up, you know. But um, yeah, I think for me, that's like the the biggest one is just the level of talent that everyone has done rise to and again like finding artists like in australia like australia to me is on fire right now they have so many amazing artists out there uh philippines is another one like just hearing all these different artists and like in the cuts like you know there's some of them are like in the provinces that you would never expect to hear and then boom they have like such the most amazing music and voices and things like that the uk is another one that is coming up as well and in canada i gotta i gotta show much love to canada because um I've been so surprised with Vancouver, Montreal, Winnipeg, Toronto. I mean, like, I know there's a lot of folks in between that we haven't heard yet, but from what I've been hearing so far, it's it's amazing to hear the talent up in, in the north. So yeah. I got to big you guys up. So exciting. I'm getting killing just like hearing you talk about it, knowing that what's really out there and being able to help kind of push that forward. Yeah. So, you know, we want to learn a little bit more behind the the host, the program director, the owner and founder of Heavy Rotation. Um, you know, you're obviously based in San Diego. There's quite a heavy uh, concentration of the Filipino community, right? Um, what makes you feel so proud to be Filipino? Um, you know, I think that's a good question. I don't know when I started to feel like this passion for it. I mean, I could probably say it may have started in college. Um, I think like 
being at home, I don't think I ever knew what it meant to be Filipino. I just knew like we'd go to Filipino far, uh, parties and there's food and, you know, I knew the lumpias and stuff like that. But what the true essence of what it meant to be Filipino, I don't think I ever knew that. So I started to discover it myself. And I think one of the um, turning points for me was I started a magazine like fresh out of high school called Esau Magazine. And it was a uh, actually let me back up when I moved to. OK, let me back up even further. So when I was in college, um, I actually started a Filipino club at the college I was at because we didn't have one. Wow. We had one previously, but um, we didn't have one that was like fully functioning. And I was like, we need a Filipino community, especially we were, I was in a city that, you know, the largest Asian community there was Filipino. Yeah. You know, so I ended up reaching out to a counselor and I was like, I know you were the advisor before. I want to bring this back. Can we do it? And he's like, yeah, if you can get enough members, we're going to do it. I'm like, all right, cool. So I think like we ended up signing up like 50 members, like on the first week that we tried to launch this Filipino club. And so the way I did it differently was I incorporated sports and music with it. And, you know, so like what I did was I built like this, I put together this team this basketball team and what i would do is i would reach out to different filipino clubs and i would challenge them in a basketball match and we would make it feel like it's an nba game that's so awesome so, <laughs> that's so it would it would sound like you know like there was intros there was music you know you had a starting lineup you know everything it was like it was just like a, like a basketball game and so if i think i remember we only played maybe one or two teams right but it was so intense it was like one of the most intense games ever but see, that allowed me to then build a community, learn how to how to do that and even discover a little bit. Because then once I started doing the the Filipino club, then we got into the grit like, OK, what is a Filipino? Like, who are we? Where do we come from? You know, so I started to learn a little bit more about the culture. And then so when I moved to San Diego, kind of same thing, um, I I was a prominent DJ at the station I was at, um, but. I wanted to do something for the Filipino community for some reason. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was just something was, there was always a fire. Yeah. There was always a fire in me to do something. And so I started a Filipino magazine back then called Isa magazine. And so the reason I did that was because there wasn't that many publications that had Filipinos in it. And so my idea was to show what a Filipino urban market would look like. And so I wanted to put, um, all these Filipino artists, um, influencers. We didn't call them influencers at the time. We just called them people who are popular, you know, or <laughs> they were thought, thought, um, thought provokers, um, you know. So we were trying to put all these artists in. So we had one issue. We threw this amazing freaking launch party. We threw this amazing talent showcase. Mm -hmm. But we had one issue because we didn't have any funding, right? And I was a college kid, so I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. But see, again, that always stuck with me, you know, to help out the community. So aside from that, I would always speak at um, different colleges. And then later when I was in my four year of college, I was an advisor to the Filipino club that we had on campus. Because again, we didn't have a Filipino club. And so- went full circle, yeah. I went full circle, you know, so- um, did I answer your question? I don't know. I just think I went on a, this little roller coaster. No, that was great. You pretty much took us on the journey of discovering what it means for you to be proud oh. of Filipino. Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of where the connection is. Okay. So when I started the magazine, 
um, I had an opportunity to go to a FIND conference on the East Coast. And FIND is a Filipino Intercollegiate Networking Dialogue. And what it is, it's kind of like how Friendship Games is here, where they bring all the different schools. They have districts for, you know, each district in in the East Coast where all the schools are kind of coupled into these districts. They bring them all together for this big um, two, three day conference. And you have workshops and um, get to network and meet different Filipinos, right? And so um, when I went to Harvard for that conference, um, I actually saw the Jose Rizal movie. And that actually changed my whole entire perspective of what it meant to be Filipino because mm-hmm. I never knew of a Filipino hero like a Jose Rizal. I, didn't, I never knew his story. I never knew why my parents would always say, you have to become a nurse or you have to be a doctor. You have to have a high paying job, you know, things like that. I never knew why. Right. And Mm -hmm. so without my parents telling me this movie actually articulated that for me. And the reason why I would say that is because if you think of his story, you know, he left the Philippines and went to the UK to empower himself and be educated. But why was that important? Because he took that education, he went back to the Philippines and he used that against the Spaniards and, you know, with the whole revolt and and all that stuff, right? And so that education was power. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, then I equated that, okay, my parents want me to become a nurse because in the Philippines, a nurse is considered like the, that's your meaning of success, mm-hmm. right? And so if you have a high paying job, you don't have to worry about bills. You'll, you'll be, you know, you can have a, um, a successful life, right? At least from the monetary standpoint. But for me, that was, that was really the spark of my identity as what it truly meant to be Filipino, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So from there, that kind of then trickled into everything else that I've, I've learned along the way. But that's kind of how I started to really discover it even further. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously in awe. <laughs> we're, we're like we're incredibly just in awe of the journey that you've you've uh, you've taken through, and all of it really was just so. Uh, it stems from this intrinsic love of your culture and like who you are, even if you weren't sure kind of what it is. But you're gonna you put in the work to make it happen and to discover more about that. And so with that, like, what is your advice for the younger generation or younger Filipinos, especially the ones who are out here in the diaspora? Maybe some of us don't understand Tagalog or even dialect. Maybe some of us have never gone home. But, you know, what is your advice in terms of uh, helping them um, learn more about their culture and their identity? Obviously, first start is the music, which you're bummed. Uh But yeah, what's your advice for the younger generation? You know, I think uh, my advice would be just remember finding your identity as a process. It's not going to happen overnight. And so don't feel pressured to know what it really means to be Filipino. I know there is that stigma. If you don't know how to speak Tagalog, you're not really a Filipino. And so, I mean, I don't speak Tagalog. I mean, my parents never spoke the dialect in, in our house. They only spoke either Pangalato or Elokano. So you know, they speak their, their native tongue. They didn't speak the Tagalog. So, you know, every Filipino's experience is going to be very different. I would say when you're ready, do take some of those steps and really discover who you are first. I think that's the most important part is who are you as an individual and then figure out how that relates to being, you know, your heritage, you know, or your ethnicity is, you know, how does that connect to being Filipino? Mm-hmm. And then even understanding, you know, again, it's, it's, depending on how much you really want to learn, you know, you can start by food. That's a really good place to start. I like to start with food, you know, music is another one, you know, like who are the artists that are making waves right now? You know, 
Bamboo and Kiwi were one of the first two Filipino artists that I heard. Uh, Faith Santilia, um, she was like when I first heard them at Harvard. It was her Kiwi, and it was another another person. It wasn't Bamboo, but they came up. I was in one of their workshops, and I never heard Filipinos rap and do spoken word the way they did. Yeah, and so that was an eye opener for me. So I think that's another good entry point into the culture. Is like you know just search for Filipino artists on Spotify and, you know, things or go to heavy rotation. I mean, all of them, a lot of them are there too, that we play or mix, you know, mix is another one mix and, um, and TFC or ABS CBN. Um, you'll find a lot of the artists there. So that's a good starting point. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, we're, we're all in the circle, but, you know, as a, someone who that's kind of how I learned, that would be a great place to start. Right. The language will come later. You know, I, I don't think you, I mean, even for me, like, because I've been on Kumu a lot more, um, I'm hearing the nuances. I'm hearing how they talk. So I, un- I'm starting to understand how to communicate with them. And it's always going to be like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, we can't even speak English correctly sometimes, you know? So I think just re- yeah, just remember that this discovery is a process and it's really when you're ready to do self-discovery and, and ready to take that leap to really, you know, dive in because there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff. Um, I think number two, understand that we are a fusion culture. You know, it's um, we're not just we don't just have the Asian influence. We have a Spaniard influence. Um, we have a U.S. influence. We have a Japanese influence, you know, so there is a culmination. But I think that's what makes the true essence of Filipinos amazing is that we are this fusion culture. So I think it's more about embracing that and leading with that than trying to define all the different things that we are, you know, like you'll hear it. Oh, we're Pacific Islanders or no, we're Asian. Oh no, we're more, you know, we're more Hispanic uh, influence, but it's at the same time, it's, you're really, we are Filipino and what Filipino means. It's a fusion of everything that has culminated within our history, you know? Um, and then I think the third part to that would be, you know, just, um, you know, in, in identifying and understanding being Filipino is just be honest with yourself. I think that's the that's the other the third part is just be honest and enjoy it, because once you start to discover all these amazing things about who you are and um, how it's connected to where your roots are from, it, it gets really exciting. And so, you know, celebrate what you have. Yeah, definitely. Like what um, you just said it so perfectly. Um, a lot of the times and sometimes we hear like there's always this like negativity towards like, oh, that's not, you know, the Filipino way or like this is how Filipinos are supposed to be like, like we don't want all of these like colonizing influence. However, we should just take whatever experiences that had happened to our culture and actually empower that for us because it's very rare. Maybe there are other cultures out there that um, I can think of a few like the Vietnamese or even the Indians go right. That were colonized by other influences, but for us um, being, you know, 7,107 islands, there's like a whole range of different cultures in there and tribes are already Plus, you're getting like the Chinese influence, Spanish influence, the American influence, Japanese, just just a whole slew of it. So instead of kind of, you know, putting ourselves in a box and demanding that we only belong in this box, we should just take these experiences that have happened or, you know, whatever, um, whatever way that it's influenced our culture and just really take that and empower it, empower ourselves with that 
type of influence and that knowledge. Exactly like what Jose Rizal's journey was, right? He went abroad and what he did is he empowered himself with knowledge. He empowered himself with experience and information and then brought it back to empower the fellow Filipino um, people. So yeah, you hit it like right on the head. You know, um, that's what we're trying to do with this podcast is really not only to bridge the gap, but also, you know, provide some explanation, some insights that really is just to unify us as a culture. uh, Because too many times and, you know, to be frank, like maybe some people weren't aware that they are so used to this certain type of thinking, right? They're stuck in this one way of thinking of like, no, Filipinos are supposed to be only this, right? We we speak Tagalog, like we eat this stuff. It's like, no, we, we, we have so many other, um, we're so diverse, we're so global. <laughs> Yeah. So that and I think something that you mentioned there. So what I use, what I love telling people and I I tell this whether it's in business and relationships or things like that is even just within our own ethnicity and our, our culture. Right. It's like a track meet. You know what they tell you in a, in a track, uh, like when if you're a runner in a track race is if you're running towards a goal, don't look back because the more you look back, it slows you down from reaching the finish line. So I think kind of what you were mentioning there is like within our culture. Yeah, we know what happened in the past. Right. But the more we keep looking back at that, we're never going to reach who we can be or what we can become as a culture moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's taking exactly, you know, who we are, what we've learned and then making it evolve and bringing us to that next that next level. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any other? No, I was about to say the exact same thing. Like we're just always evolving and it's just up to us to adapt and move forward and see what we can do. Let's welcome the innovation. Like let's welcome adapting, evolving. Like that's who we are as a culture. And that's why, you know, we are a fusion culture in that sense, right? Oh, and I think the another thing that you just reminded me of, I think one other way progressively we can expand. I mean, I think there's always that divide. Like, you know, the language thing is a divide. Even right now, like if, if you were to go to Philippines and you talk English, right? They call you nosebleed. That's kind of like the term, right? And, and it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's almost disrespectful because yeah. it's kind of like, well, you're calling me out because I speak English and I can't speak the Gaulic rather than here, let me teach you or let me show you how to speak our language so that we can be one or that you can feel like you're welcomed. When they say nosebleed, it's almost like me calling a Filipino a fob. Yeah, right. If, yeah. they, if they come here and they can't speak English, mm-hmm. now you're a fob, you know, so I think that's I think as a culture, we got to eliminate that somehow. You know, I think that needs to eliminate because, it, you know, for me, like when I hear people who talk the Gallag, instead of me calling them out, I, I'd be like, wait, say that again. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Tell me what that means. I want to learn. You know, I want to I want to. Sh- I want to I'm welcoming you in. I'll, if you're not, I'll Google it. I'll try to figure out what you said and then I'll, I'll ask it back to you, you know? So I, I think that's that barrier or that divide really needs to eliminate because at the end of the day, we are all Filipinos, no matter where you're from, no matter, you know, um, how you speak, your roots are still going to be Filipino roots, no matter what, no one can take that away from you. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think, yeah, I think that's one big thing that needs to disappear in order for us to progressively move. Yeah. Let's further. learn from each other. I think like uh, we, we touched on that a little bit in one of our episodes, right. Where it's like, you know, why, why, why have that wall? Like we we're, we're 
like we're one and the same. We're Filipinos. Like our roots are Filipinos. Like we have, we're, I'm pretty sure a lot of us are familiar with regular Filipino customs and traditions and our culture, right? Why let that language barrier be a wall when really we should just learn from each other, like educate the other, share experiences. I think that's something that I'm really hoping that will change, especially because like for the younger generation, like, you know, our reality, we grew up in the diaspora. Yeah, we're not going to know the language right away. But for the older generation, they have more of um they have more of the ability to be able to teach someone, to be able to inspire somebody, to share the experiences so that the younger generation can experience it and look through their eyes and put themselves in that those shoes and really get a perspective of what their life was like maybe when they were in the Philippines or what if what it was like to um, you know be singled out as a Filipino here in the diaspora. So yeah, one hundred percent, we agree. Like let's let's show some love for each other. Let's build that connection, right? Not let the whole English versus Tagalog speaking yeah, yeah. Right, thing really affect what it means to be a full blown Filipino community. So yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, Do you have any last? No, I'm kind of just like taking it all in, really. Yeah, it's like it's a lot to learn. Like there's a lot to learn when you're Filipino. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. And like you said, it is a process. Well, there's a lot to learn and unlearn in the process. So exactly, it's a it's a day to day type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we like to end off every episode with something fun, right? Uh oh. And <laughs> no, nothing scary. I promise. I, I usually like to do trivia that's lighthearted. Nothing that will scare you. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because we do this all the time to our guests on mix. <laughs> Well, that's why we're playing the Uno reverse card. You're the oh <laughs> no! Okay. Would you mind sharing maybe one of your like um, what is it called guilty pleasure OPM songs when you were growing up? <laughs> oh man! Was there an um, OPM song that your guilty pleasure that you low key didn't want to share or tell your buddies and be like, "Yo, I really love me some like Lis Longa or some." <laughs> Honestly, like I. I wouldn't say it was a, a song that um, that we played that no one because everyone in our in our community they loved it right. So the songs I grew up to were like Nangdito Ko. There was um, Please Be Careful with My Heart. Yeah. That was another one. Oh my gosh, there's another Tagalog song. Now I can't think of think of it for the life of me. But see, like I want to. I mean, guilty pleasure because if I hear it, I'm like, shoot, I'm singing the heck out of that song, you know. <laughs> but um, I think as of late, one of the classic ones was the Sana uh, Malamulit yeah. song, the one by Malamulit um, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that is like uh, that's become like my ultimate. Like if I hear that song, I'm like, oh, everything stop. Let's <laughs> let's just listen to this right now. So yeah, but I don't. I'm I would never be embarrassed to. I, I'll say it proudly. Like oh, dude, I freaking love these songs. You. you know. So yeah, I don't know if there's a guilty pleasure one. <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna challenge you then. We're gonna love. Oh, up. That, uh, do okay. you have a go-to karaoke song? <laughs> that magic sing song. That one hundred. Um. Surprisingly, no I got a karaoke. So, what would your go-to karaoke song be? <laughs> so, so the thing is, so I'm not really a singer, right? Mm-hmm. So when I when we go to karaoke, it's like man, I don't even try. I just watch. Well, I think partly because my cousins all can hella sing. Oh. And so one, I never get to go on the mic anyways, cause they're hogging. And then two, because they're there, I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't want to, I don't want to get on the mic, but I will harmonize with them. Mm-hmm. So, so the go-to then would be like my cousin and I always sing Alicia Keys. If, um, 
Oh, what the name? What's the name of that song? Um, if I ain't have you, if it yeah, have you, if, I like you. if I ain't got you, yeah, 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 if I ain't got you, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll do all the bottom and the the low harmonies for her when she sings it. Um, and then, like my wife and I, we tried karaoke with our other cousins, and so the go to there was like always oh. by uh, and I, um, Atlantic Star. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I, I think my go tos are the. Re- reverted to like 90s 80s r&b and then alicia key songs if anything yeah Yeah, our our house always has like journey (laughs) like the the night will never end without a journey song being sung of course so oh that's cool yeah it's amazing don't stop believing yes and then when the lights go out yes i'll go down Yes, fellow Filipinos out there, don't ever stop believing, you know, keep pushing out there with whatever talents that you have in arts and music, fashion, whatever. Just know that there are a community here supporting you, just like what uh, DJ Marlino said. And um, yeah, let's just show some love for each other, back each other up, support each other, elevate each other up to the next level. And that way the world will really get to know, you know, the amazingness, the power of Filipino talent on the world stage. So, yeah, thank you so much again for joining us. Please tell our listeners, you know, where to check you out, what to check out, what's coming up next for Heavy Rotation. All right. So you can always check out all our updates and details on our IG. Listen to HR is the one that we're most frequent on, which is also connected to our Facebook. So everything of our social is listen to HR. You can go to our website, heavyrotationshow.com. And then our podcast airs every Friday and our show airs on Mixed Radio every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight, uh, Pacific Standard Time. And we also are aired on Track Life Radio on Fridays and then Fresh FM in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And so you can listen to all our shows there. Uh, for all our live shows, you can watch everything on Mix. So Mix Global is every everything, like all our social. We're also on Twitch and Kumu under Mix Global as well. So that's where you can see all our live shows, our live interviews and things like that. Wonderful. Thank you again so much for joining us, DJ Marlena. Such an honor to be able to have you on our show. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It was so much fun. And that was just our interview with DJ Marlino. It's such an honor to have him on the show. Thank you so much, DJ Marlino. Truly super grateful to have you on. If you guys haven't checked out his spot yet, go to Heavy Rotation Live on Spotify and all of the streaming platforms. You can also follow him at Listen to HR, where he bumps all of that great Filipino artists' music. He gets the exclusive and all of the hot tracks that come out of the Filipino talent that we got. You know, when it comes to hip hop, R&B, rap, he has the exclusive. So don't miss out. Yeah, definitely. DJ Marlino always coming in, packing with the heat. He always got the number one hits. And it was truly a great honor for him to be a part of Filipino Friday's podcast. And again, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Filipino Friday's podcast. And don't forget, you can also email us at oj at filipinofridays.com archia at filipinofridays.com you can catch me archie at filipinofridays.com or just hit the email button (laughs) in instagram and uh or you can also email contact at filipinofridays.com thank you so much for joining us hope you enjoyed this music episode uh continue to catch us on the next time this is your hosts OJ, Archie, Archia, let's get it. Peace out.